0: Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 The Champ.
1: Hi, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 The Champ. Trent and I take you until one. Jimmy B and TC from one until two. Uh, And then uh, the drive with Wolfgang and Trent today from four until six. Working on Doc Fuller, trying to get him in here. Hawkeye Swarm, his Twitter account is where you can go and begin to enter the contest now. Again, we've got tickets, a pair of tickets. They're Section 105, Trent. Familiar with 105? Is that where... um, I'm in 109, so they won't be close to me. Okay, so anyways, tickets are in 105. Two of them. Go to Hawkeye Swarm uh, on Twitter. Total points scored, Illinois versus Iowa. Closest without going over. So, if you think the score is 21 to 20, want to put down 40, um, you'll probably win. But if there's someone else that has 40 as well, and the score actually is 21 to 20, then the tiebreaker will be total Hawkeye touchdown passes. Not just Stanley, mm-hmm. it would be trick play, whatever. Total touchdown passes. Total touchdown passes by Iowa.
2: And the reason I don't know much about 105 is because it's on the 50 yard line. Are they really? Yeah. I don't sit on the 50 yard line. Ah uh, yeah. So uh that's... They're in section 105
1: I looked yeah. before I left this morning. Yeah, you're you're sitting midfield. Well, we got two we got some uh, nice tickets to give away. Again, this is for the Nebraska game, but the contest entails this week's Iowa Illinois game. You can be a Husker, you can be a college football fan, do you ever? Um wide open anybody. Go to Hawkeye Swarm on Twitter. Total points closest without going over. Tiebreaker, Iowa touchdown passes. Cold game Saturday, but my coldest
2: game ever. Was this past Saturday? Was the Nebraska game from oh. four years ago, I think it was. Okay. And uh, we had a couple of Nebraska fans next to us, and when they were doing the burrito lift,
3: you know the burrito lift <laughs> yeah, that you've yeah, heard yeah, so yeah, much absolutely.
2: about? As they were doing it, I mean, we were in like, I don't know, row 60. And the Nebraska lady next to my wife goes, are they throwing burritos? No, no, they're not throwing burritos. And if they were, I don't think they'd get up here to row 60. Oh, my God. It was unbearably cold. Yeah. And uh, I made a bad mistake that day. I didn't close the cooler all the way, so the some of the water leaked out on our drive there. Got on my wife's boots. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was. That uh, didn't go
1: over. No, she she wasn't real pleased about that. I bet you. You know what? I if I'm a Bettendorf football fan, I want to do a couple of minutes on your high school. Game. Yeah. I'm not real pleased with the officiating that I saw watching the semifinal. Hmm. Uh, I didn't see any of the Southeast Polk game, or maybe two plays, but I watched most of the Dowling Bettendorf game. Kid that caught the game tying score in overtime what, two. Was it was
2: it in overtime? I think so. Yeah. Well hit the ground. It did, Clearly hit the ground. Mm -hmm. Caught a huge break there. No replay in high school football. Um,
1: Dowling's quarterback fumbled Mm -hmm. clearly, and the forward progress was stopped, I think was the call on the field. Late in Um,
2: regulation, there was two kids that got tangled up on a kickoff mm -hmm. and into the end zone touchback. But they call a personal foul on the Bettendorf kid. It, It was...
1: It was not a well officiated game. I remember the play we were talking about. I'm glad you brought that one up. Two kids just um, pushing each other. The then. Dowling running back earlier in the game. It was they, it was their first score of the game. I want to mm-hmm. say, he scored. Begin the second spike half. The ball, yeah. Oh, Jason Murray. Yep. Jason Murray. He didn't spike the ball. Trent. No. No. Now he didn't lay it on the playing surface. Right. But he kind of just threw the ball down. Not not a spike. They
2: were down seventeen nothing at the half. They came out. He had a big kicker turn mm-hmm. to begin the half. Second place scored a touchdown. Here that's, comes the
1: flag. Personal It's that, not emotional my conduct. It was a bad, bad work out of the Zebra. This was an awful crew. It was I hate to say that Trent, yep. in a high school game, but there were some bad, bad calls. If you're Bettendorf, you're, you're apoplectic. You really are.
2: I know the crew that will be doing the 4A championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're from the Bettendorf Quad Cities area. Bettendorf was there. They weren't going to be able to do the game. They do one of the earlier ones, but they'll do the 4A game from uh, everything that I've heard. This is a good crew. They do a lot of Division three football games uh, at the collegiate level. This will be a better group than the group that we saw. And there were times in the game, and I said as much to Gary, and even calls, of course, we want the Central Iowa team to win. Yeah, would you have gone up? It would have been Cedar Falls, Bettendorf, would you have gone? Probably would have gone up and done the PCM game instead. Oh, okay. yeah. And I think they play at 1 o'clock, something like gotcha. that. Probably would have done that instead of Bettendorf, v mm-hmm. Cedar Falls. It could be a good game. I think we're going to get a good one, though, Friday night. Dude, Cedar
1: Falls can score. Well, I hope it's a good game. Yeah. That's what that's what we want. Uh, it was going to be a good game. The uh, uh, Again, Bettendorf, you feel not so good about what you saw on the field. Dylan Mon's coming up here momentarily. We'll get Dylan Mon's in here. We'll take a break before we get to Dylan. Then we'll get Scott Dockerman. Thought we were going to get the Doc Fuller. You know what? Why, why don't we postpone him to tomorrow? Because I want to give him a couple of minutes. I don't want to just get him in here and get a break. Because... Lots to talk about with Iowa State. Uh, Dylan just wrote a piece published at Amestrip.com. Iowa State will not appeal to the Big 12 to have the uh, first half suspension at least look at the... I mean, I don't know what leg they would have to stand on. It was a fight. Yeah, yeah. And if you're tossed out, you miss the first half of the next football game. Um, as Greg Roberts is going to do, David Montgomery will do as well. Look, it's a trade-off Baylor would do every single time. Right? Yes, yes. Even Roberts he means he's a good player, but David Montgomery means way more to Iowa State than Roberts means to the Baylor Bears. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Dylan Montaigne's Tribune will join us next. Uh, then Scott Document about 12.30 or thereabouts as we take you until 1 o'clock. It's the Ken Miller Show. Thanks for being with us on 1700 The Champ. Catch
0: play-by-play coverage of select NCAA games right here on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans.
2: Vehicle advertising print wraps can be seen tens of thousands of times a day. If you want to increase your advertising footprint with a full or partial final print wrap on your business vehicle, go to completeautoraps.com. Complete Auto Wraps also specializes in full color change color wraps. Change the color of your vehicle or add a customized look with a print wrap to your vehicle, motorcycle, or boat. Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information.
4: That's 729 or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once,
5: prove it right. right.
6: Get ready for a revolution, Mr. Executive. We bring out your best, the look that's really you. And Mr. Executive, you won't believe what we
0: can do. We make the difference, the
6: perfect style for you. Get ready for a revolution, Mr. Executive.
0: You can lease a car, lease a computer, you can even lease a business suit. So why not lease a hair system? Mr. Executive in Windsor Heights is proud to offer you this new opportunity. For just $200, you can enjoy real hair for 90 days. After 90 days, you can keep your new hair system with the $200 fee going towards the purchase price. Call Mr. Executive at 274-4049 or visit them at 6983 University in Windsor Heights
6: ready for a revolution, Mr. Executive!
3: At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind. And our 10 year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one day get it done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515 515- 515. 225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally.
0: It's time for your daily dose of Cyclone coverage on 1700
4: KBGG. G. All
1: right, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show. Trent Connor and myself take you 1, until 1-1700, the champ, the champ, uh, week 13, final day of the regular season. Well, of course, Iowa State's got, um, I guess in pencil, the game against Incarnate Word mm-hmm. the following week, but the game against Kansas State is going to kick off at night. It's in 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. How about that? But you know what? The day before, Trent, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Black Friday, 7 o'clock. Do you remember Black Friday? The late game used to kick at 6 o'clock. Sure, They're moving sure. back a little bit now. They're making that a full day of college football. I have no problem with it. I, 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 right there with Right. You. I'm guessing I speak for all of college football. Dial it up. That. Dial it up. Uh, Dylan Montz, we dialed him up, and well, here he is, com. He just published a piece at the Ames Tribune regarding David Montgomery, uh, and the Iowa State will not appeal uh, to the uh, to the conference trying to uh, overturn i guess the first half suspension against texas dylan what a day as you certainly had plenty of things storylines that you could have gone when you published your piece at aimstrip.com how are you are you there dylan there we go there we go dylan how are you
7: Hey, guys. I'm doing well. How
1: about you? Doing okay. Thanks for coming on. And sorry about the little snafu there to begin with. It's a Monday. Look, I, I had us working at a different station earlier, uh, <laughs> which was a bigger snafu than not getting a guest on. Anyways, uh, good to talk to you. You know where I want to start with it, Dylan. I want to get into the game. Uh, I do, and I'm, and we will. But this overshed the fight, and not the actual exchange of blows by um, by Roberts or Montgomery. The fact that at least two police officers took it upon themselves to run into the field in the middle of a sporting event. I've never seen it before. I'm sixty year old. I've watched sports a long time. Maybe it's happened. Maybe I forgot about it. Um, I just thought it was disgraceful. I really did that this cop thought that he needs to be out there in the middle of a game to break this up. Is the Big twelve of the has the conference said anything about what happened pursuant to the two police on the field?
7: You know, they really haven't. Um, it's just kind of been about the players themselves. But um, I didn't really even kind of comprehend. There was so much going on at the time. I didn't even really comprehend that there was uh, police out there until I was seeing the clips, um, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes later. But, um, yeah, it, it kind of caught my eye, too, because you usually see that kind of thing. If a fan runs under the field, obviously, there's security, sure. maybe, maybe police, maybe. Um, but, but yeah, certainly um, seeing the coaches go over there was normal, natural um, seeing the police out there it was jarring, and it was, um, you know, it was kind of all crazy just to see it happen in the first place. But see cops out there really kind of made it home like, man, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. I, I hadn't seen that before either, at least um, in a, in a fight between players.
2: No David Montgomery this week. Uh, the impact that it's going to make against this Texas team, not having that guy out there, what they're going to have to do offensively—it's big. How big in your mind, Dylan? Mm.
7: Yeah, I think it's pretty big, and and certainly um, Matt Campbell is going to kind of downplay the importance and say the next man up and all that right. stuff. But not having it, him in there is, is huge. Obviously, he can do things those other guys can't do. Um, stay up after contact. Um, you know, the, the, the yards he's able to gain there um, in between the tackles when the offensive line has been able to give him spaces. Is something that, um, you know, Iowa State has, has used kind of in, in tandem with Brock Purdy, so, um, there's probably going to be a little bit more asked of Purdy. Um, certainly, uh, Johnny Lang and uh, Sheldon Crony, uh, Kaneda Wongu are going to get extended looks. So, um, it's almost going to have to be a thing where uh, Purdy, the wide receivers, those guys are going to kind of have to fill in and do their part, and you kind of uh, weather the storm, so to speak, until you get him back in the second half, and um. You know, I, I don't know exactly um, what kind of team they're going to want to go with because they they have been kind of basing um, more out of a run run look, um, especially in the second half of the season. But uh, you you probably gonna have to to pass a little bit to open up the run because Texas is maybe going to cheat a little bit and and um, try to play the run stop a little bit more. So. Going to be interesting to see what uh, direction they kind of go with the offense.
1: Uh, Deshante Jones has a re- had a really good day. He's been, was as active in the Baylor game as he's been, and maybe part and parcel of that was the uh, the fact that Tariq Milton he didn't catch a pass. I don't think he was on the field at all during special teams. It was Nwonga who was returning the kicks. Uh, what what's the status on Tariq Milton? Any idea?
7: Uh, uh, yeah, he actually was out there for punt return, and I saw him out there uh, late for a couple wide receiver. Um, looks, but yeah, he wasn't really active, and I think part of that was because um, Deshante Jones is, was um, as active as he was. You um, can probably get a, a better update uh, tomorrow to sure. see if there was anything. I know a similar thing was asked about Brian Pee- Peavy, yeah. why he wasn't in there late, and it sounded like um, you know there's there's nothing wrong with him health health wise. It was just a matter of um, resting him, kind of um, getting him some some uh, uh, you know some blows, and then um, getting some of those younger guys into that rotation. Um, when you felt maybe a little bit better about the game at times. Um, I own Baylor made a charge, obviously, but yeah. I, I think they just kind of wanted to get him some rest. So I, the same might have been um, said for Tariq Nolan, but I guess I'll have a better answer maybe tomorrow and then um, at the end of the week for you guys.
2: Another good game out of Brock Purdy. Was very efficient. Had a drop, and outside of that, uh, what, four com- incompletions, I think. Caught in a pass game. in the end <laughs> zone. Caught a It yeah, was great. Great call. He, he uh... What's what, What's more upside-wise? I mean, when you look at the future of this guy as a quarterback, he's been so good so early. What more is left for this young guy to grasp?
7: Yeah, I think um, the the one thing that Matt Campbell talked about when kind of assessing his play on Saturday was um, his decision to, to kind of scramble out of the pocket. I think maybe it was late in the third quarter, early in the fourth when he scrambled toward the sideline, was looking, 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 and ended up taking a sack out of bounds. Um, it's just kind of being more consistent in um, getting rid of the ball, um, not always trying to make something happen, you know, take the take the incompletion, um, you know, live to play another down, and um, and then put yourself in a better spot. So I think it's being more consistent with that, um, although he has been uh, pretty good at that for, for most of the time he's been in there. I think it's just doing that with regularity and um and, and making some of the simple plays because uh wondering if his um, pump fake is going to cost him at times mm-hmm. but somehow he's still able to, to get yards out of it so um been, been kind of interesting to see his progression and and how um defenses have maybe been able to try to stop him at times but it's, um you know he's finding ways to produce so it's, it's been really something to watch
1: uh, the secondary has been, you know, one of the, one of the strong points of this team all season long. And, you know, Peavy has been terrific and Payne and Young, and we'd both love Eyesworth and, uh, uh, Braxton Lewis has been a revelation. Lawrence White's a really good player back there. Yet, Dylan, yet, uh, Baylor was, uh, able to do some damage through the air, I thought that Brewer was, he had this team rolling and it looked for a while until he got kicked out that Iowa State really had no answer for this passing attack. They seemed to be, you know, throwing the ball through the air and, and, and um, picking up yards and first downs at will. Going against Texas, here's another team that can sling it around. they got big receivers. That's secondary. How big of a concern following the game, especially with Texas on the horizon? Yeah,
7: I think, um, and I asked Matt Campbell about it this morning and it's kind of probably good to have that game at that time because Texas can do some similar things. And I think the the times that I wish they can get into trouble is when they face a mobile quarterback who can um kind of uh, negate some of that coverage at times because uh you know if you get the three man pass rush. Um if you have a guy that can use his legs, he can sidestep a couple of those guys and then the whole middle of the field is wide open because guys are downfield in coverage. So you have a wide receiver slip out of the spot. Go to the middle of the field, and then there's all these, all this room to run. And so I think um, you get in trouble there. You get in trouble if a quarterback breaks contain and and can kind of slither um, out and get chunk uh, yardage. And that's what Charlie Brewer was able to do too. So it's just staying sound in your assignments. Um, you know, finding ways to fill the fill the middle there um, and uh, not missing tackles because I think that's what Iowa State did um, more than they usually do um, on Saturday as well. So. It's kind of putting that all together, and like I said, it's probably good if they had that kind of game, because mm-hmm. you can kind of go back and harp on those things as you go into a Texas team um, that can do some similar things.
2: You know, uh, this Texas squad has been inconsistent themselves. Speaking of inconsistency, Corey Dunn, uh, a beauty, mm-hmm. and then two duds overall. Is there anything that can be done? I mean, they're just going to keep trotting him out there. You know that. He's not going to lose his job or anything like that, but... When you look at the inconsistencies, what has what the special team coaches and, and Campbell, the rest of the staff, said about that, and especially Dunn?
7: Yeah, and really it's just kind of um, keep plugging away at it, yeah. which is kind of a bland, a bland thing, but I think that's what you got to do. And um, For Dunn, this is um, really only his second year punting in American football. He punted um, his first year at junior college, uh, redshirted his second year, and then now um, it's a whole different ballgame, really, from what he was, uh, kicking in front of a few hundred people in city college in san francisco to to kicking in the big 12 and i think um you know y- it just is probably going to be what it is the rest of the season frankly um and then you kind of go into the off season um you have more extensive time to kind of review and 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 perfect things harp on things um so i think uh that's kind of uh, where they're at right now and certainly they're working during the week to kind of we can correct and uh, all those things, but um, I, I think it's probably uh, what you see next year is kind of um, what is probably going to make the difference.
1: Well, since Trent brought up the negative, I'll do the positive on this specialty. I thought Connor Asali was terrific. I mean, his kicks, both of them, right down the middle, had plenty of distance. The extra points were, were perfect. Um, Connor Asali, who's you know been kind of a question mark in his own right at times during the season, really good against Baylor.
7: Yeah, and if he doesn't make those two field goals, obviously that changes the complexion of the game. Well, absolutely, because
1: so. look what happened with Baylor—they missed their opportunities in the first half.
7: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's huge to have a guy that you can, um, you know, try it out there with relative confidence. And I know he's had, um, you know, misses here and there, and, and had that three-week three-week stretch where you um, kind of wondered what was going to happen with the kicker position. But I think. Um, that's kind of the life of the kicker almost. But really, if you can have a guy that um, at least 40 in is what we talked about, that you can um, feel good about sending out there, then, then that's, that's key. Uh, because, uh, as you mentioned, Baylor's kick missed two inside the red zone. You, you just can't have that and, and expect to win games, especially on the road. So it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he plays at Texas because um, I know the line came out as um, minus three for Texas. So, I mean, um, uh, you're talking about um you know people thinking this would be you know, a close game, which uh, I, I probably do too.
2: Hoops tonight, Texas Southern quick hit on that. the banged up cyclones go again against a team that beat Baylor last week. did they really? Ooh.
7: yeah, they did and I, I think um you know some people are even saying that Texas Southern might be better than Missouri, um which isn't maybe a stretch, but I oh. think um yeah, it's it's gonna have to be. Um, with Nick Weiler-Babb, Michael Jacobson, um, those guys really kind of carrying the load and kind of taking care of the the backcourt and the frontcourt. Um, they're going to have to rely on experience a lot, um, have some um, you know solid performances from some of the young guys that can kind of fill in some of the holes that they have. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they come back a couple of days um, from that Missouri win and, and kind of see if they can carry it through without some of their key guys.
1: Dylan, we got to let you go. i got to get back to Zach Smith's Twitter account. I I, I hate to be gone <laughs> yeah, from it for 10 minutes. <laughs> hey, Dylan, great stuff as always. Uh, good uh, good reporting there on Montgomery, and there will not be an appeal. Uh, Iowa State will not appeal to the Big 12 Conference. We will talk to you on Friday. We'll do a good hit uh, before you, or maybe you'll already be in Austin when we talk, but we'll talk on Friday. Thank you, Dylan Montz. Yeah, thank you, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you, Dylan Montz. Ames Tribune, amestrib.com to read... Dylan, Travis Hines, and all the crew over there. Um, so Iowa State's got to be on the Cyclone, Cyclones.tv
2: tonight. You got it, yes. That's and uh, it. the point spread is out. Yes. Favored by 22 in the hook.
1: Take, take the points. Seems that way, doesn't it? Well, they're as good as you just advertised. Uh, Scott Dockerman, he's really good. Don't miss him. He's next. Ken Miller shows 17 out of the champ.
0: The ISU Coaches Game Day Show. Nothing but Cyclones. Four hours before select Iowa State football games on 1700. The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Take
6: dig out those festive sweaters gather your family kids and pets because it's time for the arl santa and paws holiday photos santa will even be making an appearance by having your photos taken you'll be supporting the homeless pets at the arl and we'll end up with great photos for your holiday cards this year multiple dates times and locations are available during november so schedule your time now at arl-iowa.org santa Sweet Deals Restaurant Week. When your family gets together this holiday season, let them pick dessert with the ultimate ice cream experience at Cold Stone Creamery. Choose from one of their signature creations or create your own. Start with ice cream made fresh in-store and top it with your choice of candy, fruit, nuts, and all kinds of other yummy mix-ins. Everybody gets exactly what they want. Bring the perfect cake or pie to your next gathering. Order online and pick up from Cold Stone on the way. And now at the Anki location, give the gift of Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory for the holidays. Gift baskets, gift boxes, chocolates, truffles, fresh-dipped apples, and other... Other scrumptious snacks, whether it's a stocking stuffer or a business gift, think Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory, available at Cold Stone in Ankeny. This Friday, only you can buy fifty dollars worth of Cold Stone gift certificates for just twenty five dollars by visiting this station's website at nine a.m. Find the Sweet Deals tab on this station's website to take advantage of this sweet deal, courtesy of the new Cold Stone Creamery locations in Ankeny and Altoona. Sweeten up your holidays with Cold Stone Creamery and Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory.
2: Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workout. The holidays are a joyous time of year spent with family and festive celebrations, but it can be a difficult season for those who have recently lost a loved one. You can
8: help. Amanda the Panda, a program of Every Step Grief and Loss Services, needs donations for its Cheer Box program, which delivers a box of gifts to families experiencing their first holiday season after the death of a loved one. Visit everystep.org slash griefandloss or call 515-223-HUGS for a list of needed items and to learn more. That's everystep.org slash
0: griefandloss.
4: You're invited to experience great customer service and incredible deals at Billion Buick GMC in Clive. Our reviews say it all.
3: I didn't feel pressured. It was a very smooth process.
4: Our salesman came in on his day off. Now that's going above and beyond. People also appreciate the huge inventory including the incredible all-new 2019 GMC Sierra. You're invited to Billion Buick GMC in Clive or billionauto.com/gmc. We are professional grade. Beat, 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 beat.
5: Thinking about selling your home soon? Listen up, as this will save you big money. Charterhouse Real Estate is a full-service real estate firm that has eliminated the typical 6 or 7% commission structure that you are used to. We charge sellers $24.95 plus 3%. We know, math stinks, so think about it like this. If you were selling a $200,000 house, you would save roughly $3,500 with us versus a 6% commission. If your home is $400,000, the savings would be 9500 dollars That's charterhouseiowa.com. Charterhouse Real Estate is a team office under Space Simply.
0: Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to
1: Miller and Condon on 1700 The Chair.
5: Hi, welcome back.
1: Thank you to Dylan Motz from the Ames Tribune as he came on and uh, looked back at uh, the Baylor game and ahead to uh, Texas. Uh, Let's get Scott Dockerman in here. We've talked a lot about the Hawkeyes and their now back-to-back-to-back to back to back losses, uh, there's um, so much to play for, and unfortunately the results weren't there, and it's going to go down as a disappointing year. No doubt about it, and uh, no fans got to be as disappointed as maybe, well, maybe not the entire fan base, but it uh, be interesting to get Scott Dockman here from The Athletic. He was part of the postgame, as he always is, wrote a good piece, wrote a couple of good pieces. First of all, Doc, your piece on World War I yesterday, uh, Lieutenant Decker, I want to say his name, I don't have it in front of me, but just going off memory, it's fantastic. Congratulations. Oh.
8: Thank you, I appreciate that It was something i'd worked on for a little while, so it, it you know it comes out right after a, a disappointing loss you know i just I still hope people decided to read it because he's he 's such a fascinating person and such an important time in american history
1: no doubt about it scott well let's uh, let 's get to what we saw last week and Northwestern comes in and uh look there's a whole lot of uh, thing Bowser going crazy as he did 7 of 13 third down conversions in the second half alone but the big talker regardless of you know all the other stuff that went on in the in the 60 minutes of the game uh surrounds Noah Fant and his lack of usage uh, DJK is uh, tweeting um, at some point yesterday telling him to hang in there because you don't want to get in the doghouse. And here's a guy who's clearly speaking from experience. Akram Wadley's wondering what the hell is going on. Why is Iowa's best player not on the field? And I'm paraphrasing Akram Wadley, but I think I'm close. Doc, there's something there. There clearly is. There's no reason that Iowa's best offensive threat is not on the field at the most important times in the game. What is going on, Doc.
8: You know, I wish I could give you a definitive answer. I tried to seek it in the post game, and, and of course, uh, you know everything was kind of twisted around as far as what I was trying to ask. And and really, there is no good answer. I mean, if he's hurt, he needs to. There needs to be some sort of explanation. And you don't even really need to say, well, he's doing this or that. But I made sure to ask Noah himself. You know, hey, what's the problem here? You know, are you uh, you still have any lingering concerns with your with a concussion? or with a rib shot that he took against uh, you and I, no, that's not an issue. I feel fine. So if he feels fine, get your best players out on the field. Now, you know, I think some people, you know, certainly on social media and uh, Ferentz himself, you know, has tried to twist it around. Well, we have two great tight ends and only one's out on the field. That's, That's not true. I mean, the majority of their snaps actually are in two tight end formation. So it's not like it's a either or here. But my question is when you have a talent like that, somebody who was, you know, demonstrated that he's one of the best tight ends in Big Ten history. He has 18 touchdown passes. That's third most among tight ends in Big Ten history. You know, he's fourth in Iowa history, regardless of position in touchdown receptions. And he's only a junior and he's got that kind of makeup. Why don't you want him out there? Why? I don't understand why that's the case. And it's just, it seems to me that the more the season drags on and, and you can identify either certain packages or certain situations in games where you you would want to use a man with that kind of ability. And Iowa has not used him correctly. I mean, uh, you know, look at the Penn State game. You know, he didn't get a he didn't even get a target until the fourth quarter. You know, uh, last week um, the only touchdown that they had was when he was triple covered, and that allowed himer Smith marset to the score a touchdown. So. When he's on the field, people take notice, even if he's not the, the the receiver that they need. I mean, it just makes no sense right now. And if there's something that he's uh, that you know they're angry or they're trying to you know cha- have him change his ways or whatever, that it just when you're getting a game action with a championship at stake, if you want to be that petty, then I, I think it's time to to really reevaluate every you know tenant and criteria of your program.
2: You mentioned Noah Fant and watching the game. He he was running open, but he wasn't the only one. Let's go to the quarterback in Nate Stanley. And inconsistency certainly is something you can use for his two seasons as a starter. Is it gridlock? Yeah, the, there's the continued narrative, quarterbacks regress, and we know that for the most part that isn't exactly the truth as it pertains to what you see in wins and losses. Maybe it does, but overall, what's going on with Nate Stanley and this offense as a whole?
8: Well, you know, with Nate Stanley, I'm, I'm you know, the last game, you know, they, they didn't clearly score enough. That was, that was a, kit, a key issue. And, and really for the, one of the first times all year, they weren't able to uh, convert on third down, you know, and Northwestern's a good team and they're a good defense. And I think it, we're, we're, you know, his last two days has been all about what Iowa has done right, and certainly Northwestern did a lot right. Mm-hmm. That's why Northwestern's going to go to Indy. Right. Uh, that, that, you know, you know, Stanley wasn't that bad. I mean, 27 of 41, 269 yards. You know, he had a couple of big passes. And, and uh, you know, I, I, in some ways I almost look at it as schematic for him on Saturday, which was, I mean, Northwestern, when you play him in a phone booth, this is a lot like sound like Iowa, but when you play him in a phone booth, and you, you run routes that, that are more centered toward bunch formations, it's hard to get free. And as you saw, some of the best routes they had all day were the ones that were deeper, the uh, ones that were uh, you know targeting on the perimeter. Iowa didn't do that nearly enough. Now, some, is some of that on Stanley? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's his selection, but it's also um, why don't you spread them out and do more with that? And I think that probably would help the running game as well. And uh, Iowa just didn't do that enough. And I think what we saw now is, uh, you know, just too big of, a, of an issue, um, you know, and and Stanley's going to take the brunt of it because 10 points. Uh, but I don't think this one was all on him. I think the Penn State one was clearly. I don't think this one was.
1: Cooper, Tracy, Gronawig, these are guys who are on the field, no offense, not. Here's a Northwestern team that coming into the game, Doc, as you know, was without two of their for uh, star- members of their starting secondary, their best member that was, that was able to answer the bell in Hardage, he was he wasn't able to play the entire second half, so they're down to one starter in the secondary. Get you No know, offense standing in the sidelines. And whether it's 11 personnel or 12 personnel, as you pointed out earlier, you can't tell me that those three guys I just mentioned are more of a weapon or would make Northwestern um, more nervous than having one of the other three guys on the field right now. I mean, I, I have to assume, honestly, that the coaches that have gone up against Iowa lately are, 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 are grateful that no offense standing on the sidelines and not given an opportunity to hurt them.
8: Absolutely, they are. I mean, it's not—it's without question. I mean, he only played nine snaps in the second half, um, and two of them that he did play resulted in two big plays for Maris Smith Marsett, including a touchdown, uh, because he had a guy at, in him head up, and he had two guys trailing him. Once he got into coverage, that allowed the, the middle to be free. You can use him as a decoy, and other guys will open up. And when you do not have Brandon Smith, who is a lot like Fan, you know, a big tall target, you know, good athletic ability, big hands, then it just, to me, I, I just don't understand where they're going with this. I mean, he played almost half the number of snaps as T.J. Hawkinson, and, and really, you know, that's to me is, is disingenuous to try to say, well, he should play and, and Hawkinson shouldn't. That's not really the point. Again, you know, I've, I charted it I think a week ago that 61% of their plays include two tight ends on the field. Hmm. Well, you need to have him on the field probably 80% of the play. Uh, you know, maybe if he runs a long route or two, then okay, pull him, put somebody else in there. But but when you've got guys who are inexperienced or former walk-ons versus a guy who is going to the NFL and going to be paid a lot of money, right? Uh, who has 18 career touchdown passes and receptions, you got to get him on the field. And period. you
1: can't find a mock, boy. Sorry to interrupt you, Trent, but no. go, just, just this point, you cannot find a mock draft where no offense is not... Going in the first round. You can't find one. They're not out there. It's amazing. It's exactly. not
2: to say TJ Hawkinson isn't good. Great player. I, yes, like, yes. I like Hawkinson a ton.
8: It's Yeah. I mean, they're the, they're the best two guys they have. Yeah. And they should be on the field exactly yes. the same. I mean, you know, there's no, it's a sub package league, it's a sub package uh, sport. I mean, there's no reason why they can't have two tight ends on the field on every play. And both of them deserve to be out there. And uh, with Brandon Smith out, to me, I. Why wouldn't you want to have Noah Fant run in some of those routes as a wide receiver? Because when Amir Smith-Marset got, got hurt against Iowa State, they moved Fant inside to play the slot, to play the same type of position that Smith-Marset did. So, I, I just to me, this is just unfathomable.
2: Hugely disappointing year, Doc. What does this offseason mean? Uh, one of these a few years back, and when That's Football came out of it, you saw a lot of changes. <laughs> uh, we, we've seen changes that happen after disappointing years. Is it status quo this off season, or do you see something different happening?
8: Well, I think a lot of it depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they're six and four. If they finish eight and four, go to say the Holiday Bowl and win, and they're nine and four. I think a lot of it will probably be forgiven. It'll be oh, you know, they they underachieved a little bit, but everybody's okay. But let's say right. that they win this week against Illinois and lose it to Nebraska. It's then they're seven and five. Um, then I think you're going to start to see a real groundswell of, uh, you know, the, the, the regular fans start to turn this program off because, you know, this is something that people have heard over and over and over again. I mean, you're looking at the last 10 years in November, you know, we've heard this mantra forever that Iowa gets better as the season progresses. True. That's not true. Nope. They're 18-22 over the last 10 years there in you November, go. you know, and over the last nine um, in Big Ten play, they're 40 and 33, so they're just a little bit above 500 when it comes to this. So um, if they continue along this path and you start to look back and go, you know what, from 2010 on, they finished ranked just once, you know, um, you know. I, I think people are going to start to say, you know, maybe maybe we need to make some changes here, and, and that could be applying pressure. I don't think Kirk Ferentz is in danger or anything like that. I mean, his contract kind of keeps him from being in danger, but... You know, it might exert some pressure on the Board of Regents to the president to, you know, really look at, you know, what's going on with this athletic department as a whole, but then also... Specifically, uh, the football program, because you'll see a significant drop in season ticket sales if they go seven and five, for
1: instance. And that's where I was going, Doc. And that number is going to be kept as tight as under wraps as you can possibly imagine uh, next year. As we, you know, you, as we, you know, turn the calendar into nineteen, what are the season ticket numbers? What do you guys? You're not going to get that answer until they absolutely have to give it to you. Here's another answer that uh, teams have come up with for I was punter, Rasta. They figured him out, Doc. I said after about second or third week, whoever you know, the opposition is, if this kid doesn't run up and catch the ball, he should lose his scholarship. Now, that was in jest, but to some, in some respects, it was just so plain as, as to see is, you know, put two guys on the field. One one deep man, one guy uh, in, in front of him, because Rastetter can't catch the ball, and his average is predicated solely on the... Um, uh, the additional yards when the ball gets behind, or the uh, the punt returner elects not to uh to field the football um it 's been really noticeable. you go back to the Purdue game and this week against northwestern and when they needed the flip but the field flipped Rastetter, they have figured him out
8: yeah and that 's you know yeah he was very effective with the rugby punt for a while, but as you mentioned now that that other teams are you know Doing a few little different things when it comes to their returns, that, that it's really skewed any kind of positivity that he has there. I mean, you know, they rank last in the Big Ten in punting at 38 and a half yards per kick. And I know everybody was kind of early on praising them for for what they were doing, and it was just, they were kind of gaming the system a little bit. Right. You know, they were able to, to, you know, he was able to hang on to the ball for a little bit longer because of the rugby punt, and everybody could get, kind of get down the field, you know, so it didn't worry about things like hang time and stuff, but. You know, it really is is kind of, you know, at this point, what what are you doing right there? I mean, you do have another guy in Ryan Gersande, who they gave a scholarship to last year, who punted. I think in five games he averaged forty two and a half yards per per punt. In the off season, they they had a competition. It didn't really, you know, and it came out with the Colton Rastetter. It kind of surprised everybody. Uh, you know, Gursandy has not seen any action whatsoever, and you you just kind of sit and wonder. Okay, well. You know, you trust the coaches, you think, you know, that they have, they make the right decisions. But right now you start to wonder, you know, which guys are kind of have so much equity that they're beyond being uh, approached and, you know, for, you know, to, to replaced And then other guys who seemingly have no problem being discarded. And that's kind of been a problem with Iowa, it seems, over the years, that some guys just, it doesn't matter what they do wrong, they're always out there. And other guys, uh, you know, they screw up a little bit and bam, they're off, they're on the bench. So, um, and planning situation kind of highlights that, especially the way it happened in the last few weeks.
1: Mm. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic Doc, thank you. appreciate you coming on. Um, Brandon Smith gonna play next week. Is that what we heard after the game? It sounds like it anyways?
8: It sounds like it, yeah, and he's on the he's on the depth chart. I, you know so I, I would assume that would be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I think you had a lingering situation regarding a concussion, but um, but I guess we'll find out more as the, as the week progresses.
1: Good stuff, thank you, buddy. All right, thanks. All right, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. You know, I was just taking a look ahead to next year's schedule slate again, because I think yeah. the I think the season ticket numbers are going to be frightening. You know, and the the non-com portion of the schedule, the uh, after their bye week after Iowa State, see they play Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. yeah, see what Middle Tennessee is doing. They're in front in the Eastern Conference USA. Not saying they're going to come in here and win. Just saying, you know, this uh, just looking ahead to next year. Uh, they they scheduled a team a long time ago that they thought might be down. Well, they're six and one in conference right now and seven and three overall. And Miami of Ohio is getting better. Yeah, it's and they mid- go to Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan are back on the schedule. Yes, it's uh, to Nebraska. It's a flip to Northwestern to Wisconsin. Yeah, oh yo yo yo. Well, we got two games to go before we get to that Illinois. and They're a huge favorite, mm-hmm. and then Nebraska. And we've got Nebraska tickets to give away again. Uh, Doctor Fuller joined us earlier. If you want to. Uh, Win tickets to Iowa, Nebraska, the finale. All you have to do is go to the Hawkeye Swarm Twitter account. It's um, total total points combined, both teams, closest without going over, and then the tiebreaker is total touchdown passes by Iowa. Zero. You can have zero. So a lot of people will put zero. I have a feeling. You, Hawkeye Swarm. That uh, that's the criteria again. Well, based on the Illinois game this week.
2: You know, uh, as Doc was talking, we talked about this earlier. Nate Stanley. Yeah, the
1: stat line looks fine. Mm-hmm. He didn't play well. No, he didn't. He's not the same quarterback, Trent. He did not. There has play not been well. the progression from the sophomore to the junior year. And I don't know if this is coaching,
2: if it's something innate, what it is. But CJ Bethard, I, I know there, there are plenty of Hawkeye fans that love CJ Bethard. He was terrible. I, 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 I'm a fan. <laughs> as it pertains to pocket presence. So you're seeing the same thing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, yeah, saw, yeah. you saw Mullins last week and you see Bethard. Mm-hmm. I bet he just takes it. He doesn't. Have that presence, right? Mullins starts tonight over Beathard, who's healthy enough to play. And you're seeing the same thing with Nate Stanley. Just the pocket presence is so bad. Mm-hmm. Can you teach that? Yes, I think he can. It's it's getting it out quick, right? And and he was getting the ball, out, but he was getting it out too quick. He, feeling ghosts, uh, talk, seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. We talked about that so much with Beathard during that 2016 season, and are seeing it here. There's nobody around, and uh, dump it to Mackay mm-hmm. Sargent for three. Mm-hmm. Dump. There were guys running open. When the open.
1: ball's got to come out, it's not coming out. I don't know if he's just... I Ken, don't know what it is. Being at the game, there were so
2: many guys running open. They were running free, and he just wouldn't take the shot. Uh-huh. It wasn't like the Maryland game when it was incredibly windy. It wasn't. It was cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cold. It was very cold. I think I'm still thawing out, but there were guys running free. you got to take shots. He just he wouldn't do it. Brain lock? Mm. You know, to that, that theory that quarterbacks get worse. I do think there is some... Some credence, though, as you get it in your head. Don't turn it over. That's not what don't we do. Don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. And after a while, you, you just—that's what you see out of these guys. You now, Ricky Stanzi, his numbers were—he was such a better quarterback than the Orange Bull Year of two thousand. He was so much better, but they lost close games. Mm-hmm. You know, the defense gave the margin up late leads for error that went their way, in 9 yes. nine didn't go their way the next year. He was such a better quarterback. He—he yeah. well, he did not regress. Right. This one, though, I don't
1: know if regression is the right word, but. Something's going on between the years. Yeah, something's going on with Noah Fant that we don't know about, Trent, and I think that's very apparent. Kirk Ferens is seemingly to me, is willing to cut off his nose despite his face. And that's the comparison to not having Noah Fant on the. There's no reason that nope. your best offensive weapon is standing on the sidelines. And the fact that he was coached prior to coming into that press conference. Yes. That was when Scott Dockerman put that in his piece at The Athletic. And I know Elsec a little bit just because I dealt with him. Mm-hmm. He is the. Key to Kirk Ferentz, if you will, to get him on the air here. We had him for a few years, and then all of a sudden, boom, he was gone, and we can't get him any longer. It's not going to the SID. I mean, that's, for years and years
2: and years, that's that's what it was.
1: Yeah, it was Phil Hattie, and Phil Hattie would ignore you, and then you'd call Steve Rowe, and Steve Rowe would try and make arrangements. You don't go to Steve Rowe anymore. Nope. If you want to get Kirk Ferentz, you go to Al Setka, and Setka's there coaching the kids before they come. Don't say this, or if you get asked this question, answer it this way. My God. What is going on in this program? They, Trent, it's almost like you're going back into the 90s. Remember when it became, a, you know, it, it be, Iowa became different. The, the walls of Fort Kinnock seemingly were being, were crumbling down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're inside. You were allowed inside. Not all the way inside, but you could take a few steps inside the perimeter of Fort Kinnick. Well, Those walls are going back up again.
2: What's going on? Asian coach. This is the way we do it, and those walls just get Keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: I don't know, but man, oh man, what a disappointing year! Well,
2: and the reason that that Al Seca and and that group was brought in is because of what I mentioned earlier. That's football. Mm-hmm. Just what a terrible look that was at the end of the year and blowing the lead was, in Nebraska. was that
1: the was that the um, tax slayer bull year? Yes. Was, uh, that was Rudock and Bethard not being able mm-hmm. to talk after the game, right? 2014. And then Seca comes in, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden Ferrance is on the air in central Iowa, yep. and all the Des Moines Register guys are having their... I mean, they're really fortunate. They get a Hawkeye coach every Wednesday. That yes. has to piss off the other members that cover the Hawkeyes around the state. Oh, there's no doubt. Because I don't see that them getting this perk, if you will, right. air quote, uh, on, on a weekly basis. What's the relationship there? I mean... I guess I should reach out to El because Ferris is gone. We'll never get him again. I don't know if you said something, I said something, whatever. <laughs> it's nothing we said. We no longer have access to it, but, but you know, they place him where they want to place yes. the coach. It's safe. It maybe gets a bigger bang for the buck. I'll give him that because it's true, sadly, but true. Maybe it's just safer. Maybe it's safer. Maybe it's safer. Maybe it's safer. All right, do you have a safe play tonight? Mm. Will you, uh, I'm question. playing the Giants. You are going to take the Giants. I'm going to play the Giants. And you get three? Getting three, yeah. Why? Why would you play the Giants? Because it's the Forty
2: Nine ers. They stink. Should they be given a field goal to anybody?
1: They both stink. No, Mullins was really good, though. And again, he was. this is Oakland, a team that's clearly yes, quit. Who's yes. quit more? Well, you know, we're going to do a lot in the NFL tomorrow. Jets are uh, the Ooh. Jets are the Raiders. Both teams. Well, will
2: Will really uh, Bulls still be the coach when we talk tomorrow? Yes. And. I don't got the TV on right. In fact, it might be happening right now.
1: Yeah. Know. I saw something before we went on the air that he's expected to stay in place through the end of the season. Okay. Hi, look, he's a dead man walking. There's, yeah. there's a bunch of them. There's every a year. bunch of them every year. Uh, Vance Joseph, bye bye. Yeah. You're, you're toast. Um, Marone in Jacksonville. You can't be happy with the way that's gone, can Dirk you? Cutter. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. probably so. Um, anyways, we will be back now. What have you got going? You and Jimmy B are coming up next.
2: Yes, uh we'll have John Bonacamp. We'll get his perspective on things. That's coming up here. Cajun about
1: Meatloaf, apparently on the Ooh. carving table this past Saturday. Cajun in Meatloaf the, in the press box. I love those tweets by him. Everybody's busting their hump trying to get stories. Yep. There's John <laughs> at the buffet. And, and I'm not killing him on this. I think it's great. And my
2: another one of my favorites is right at the end of the game, final whistle, basketball. We're done football. here. We're done here. Yeah.
1: Baseball, what is, what's the team he covers? The, uh, uh, the, the Bees? The Burlington Bees. Burlington Bees. We're done here. We're done here.
2: <laughs> so good. He's awesome. He'll be joining us about 125 or so. We'll get his thoughts on things. Then in the drive from 4 until 6, we'll talk Cyclones with Ben Visser from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Steve Batterson with the Hawkeye perspective and Andrew Garda
1: on the NFL. Good stuff. We will be back tomorrow. What have we got? Zuba Mahente. I think Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports is scheduled to join us. Do a lengthy piece uh, with Frank. Look forward to that. As we uh, send you over to Jimmy B and TC. They're coming up after this this short break. Thank you for being with us here today. Covered a lot of ground. Nick Athen. Again, Hawkeye Swarm. Uh, Twitter account, if you want to win those Nebraska-Iowa tickets, total points, closest without going over. The tiebreaker is total touchdown passes by Iowa against Illinois this week. Total points, Illinois-Iowa, closest without going over. Tiebreaker is touchdown passes uh, in that game by Iowa. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. Thanks for being with us here today. Uh, for Trent Conn and Ken Miller, thank you for listening to The Ken Miller Show on 1700 The Champ. Hey, it's
0: Taz. And I'm the Moose. Join us for our brand new morning show every weekday morning, Taz. That's right. From 5 to 8 a.m. on 1700 The Champ.
5: Now that the 2018 baseball season is behind us, there are still plenty of reasons to visit Principal Park. From T-shirts to caps and unique gifts, our team store has more fun stuff than Santa can fitness sleigh. With a great menu and wonderful setting, the Cub Club Restaurant is a great holiday destination for breakfast and lunch and groups of all sizes. And it's not too soon to think about 2019 season tickets for you or your business. Our schedule can be found online at iowacubs.com.
2: Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information or a free estimate at completeautoraps.com.
0: Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and under-deliver, or we'll
4: carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. That's 729 or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R.
6: Roof it once, roof it right, right. Dashing through the snow, to CVS we go. A $10 cash card for beauty brands and bows. Lights to dress the tree and stocking gifts galore. Candy cards and photo gifts and deals throughout the store. At CVS Pharmacy, we've got all the little things you need this holiday. Like a $10 CVS cash card, yours when you spend $30 on select items. This week, Hallmark cards or buy three, get three extra bucks rewards. Plus, Gear Chocolate is Fogo 50% off. Restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash weekly ad for details. Greater Des Moines Habitat for Humanity's new ReStore is now open in Urbandale. Donations of home improvement items to ReStore are sold to the public to support Habitat's mission of building homes, communities, and hope. So donate, shop, and volunteer at your nearest ReStore on East Euclid or in Urbandale.
0: 1700, the champ. Your home for live play-by-play action of high school NCAA and pro sports.
1: KPGG, Des Moines. A
0: Cumulus Station. Real sports talk.